James Bond. For over 50 years, the 007 movies have entertained audiences worldwide. The best Bond songs have been recorded by some of the greats of popular music and hold a special place in the legacy of film albums. This is the Bond special, and this is Soundtrack. Hello, guys, and welcome to our third podcast for Soundtrack. And as you heard in the intro, we're talking about the Bond films, mm. um, some of my favourite movies. Yep. Um, and I don't, I don't see how we're really going to do them all justice. There's going to be lots of um, really um, intense Bond fans that might be listening, so please mm. don't judge us. We're going to offend um, lots of people, I reckon. We're going to offend a lot of people listening today. Yeah. Um, and so but, soon in the series. I think this, is, <laughs> this could be a problem. <laughs> I know. However, we had to go there. Yeah. Um, we plan to do every third po- podcast is going to be a special. Yeah. So um, this is not, so yeah, so so this is not a, an official uh, episode, is it? Is it, Mick? No, this is a, almost like in the Bond series when they have the unofficial movies. This is like the unofficial podcast um, which is rather than focusing on a film, we're going to focus on a, a range of movies or it could be like we, we focus on a decade or, um, or so a genre. Could, so you might say that this is um, this episode of the podcast is actually the original Casino Royale. <laughs> yeah, or it's a Never Say Never Again type yeah, right. podcast. Or it's Austin um, Powers. <laughs> yeah, Austin Powers sneaks in. It's bringing all the bonds into one. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what I wanted to get across early was just the fact that, you know, be gentle with us. If you are an extreme <laughs> Bond fan and you have lots of information that's not covered here, don't judge us. We've got limited time to talk about this and, and so many good knowledge. songs yep. and limited knowledge. I did lots of um, re-watching of the Bond movies to, to get myself ready, but I couldn't yep. watch all 25 slash 26 Bond movies. Yep. Um, I went back and watched the ones that I remembered were my favourites because the um, objective today for, for Liam and I is to give you our top six Bond movies, mm-hmm. our top six Bond songs and a few honourable mentions in there Yep. and then to rank our six Bonds in yep. order of least favourite to favourite. Yep. But anyway, should we, should we go, go our top sixes? Should we both start at six? Do you, want to, yeah, do you want to do one, one for one or do you want to go yeah. all six? We'll go one no, for let's one. No, go, let's go tat for tat. Okay, so I'll start right. with my number six. Your number six. The Spy Who Loved Me. Okay. So The, the Spy Who Loved Me was uh, a Roger Moore one. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you now, it's the only Roger Moore film that gets into the top six. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set... Um, in oh, I can't remember where it's set, but it's a it's an aquatic one where he's yep. basically um, trying to foil a plan to capture submarines. Yep, um, it's the best of the Roger Moore movies, and one of his had to make it in there because I love him as a Bond. Um, he's a very different Bond. He doesn't he gets cast aside as definitely um, not people's favourite Bond, but I just I like the way he played the character. He's very okay. different to Sean Connery. Yep. Um, a little bit of trivia about that. The movie is it introduced jet skis 
into oh. uh, into the world. So people, I think it was called something different in, in the movie. Yeah. Um, but that was the first time people actually sh- saw a jet ski and prompted the mass production of them. So that oh. was an interesting takeaway. Oh, wow. So that's The Spy Who Loved Me. I won't go into too much detail because we don't kind of have all the time to talk about all the movies, but what's your six? Okay. Uh, my number six is Casino Royale. Not the spoof. No, not the spoof. Not the nineteen sixty. Not, not the 1967 Casino Royale. <laughs> the Daniel Craig Casino Royale. And okay. I want to just say one thing that I found about this. The uh, It was, as we know, it's the first Daniel Craig uh, Bond movie. Yep. It had a fantastic action, as you know. The action was, was jam-packed and it was... It was a new era of Bond uh, in the modern age, I feel. Um, and the guy that directed Casino Royale was a, a bloke called Martin Campbell, and he's actually the same guy that directed Goldeneye. Goldeneye, yeah. yeah. Those um, are the two Bond movies he's directed. He's gone bang, bang. I know. What a legend. Yeah, I know. And he's, well, he's successfully reinvigorated Bond with two new actors. Yeah. Both of those films are fantastic and they were both the first films of a new Bond and he was able to to make it work and uh, and yeah, so I think that's a pretty good achievement to to have people attached to a new Bond so quickly with such mm. great movies. Maybe uh, they should get him back for the next Bond that they introduce. I think which so. Which is, there's talk it's going to be Idris Elba, apparently. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. I think they, they might should. have to get him back in to do to. that. They have to. Which leads on to my number five, Goldeneye. Yep. Oh, very good. Nice. I know segue. Goldeneye is going to be in your uh, in your it's, six somewhere. It's, it might be. We look. We don't want to give too much away, but yeah. It, we, <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, definitely, definitely um, in my top six. Yep. Um, first Pierce. First Pierce Brosnan one. I thought yep. his other films sort of started to mold into also into one movie, like yep. the Roger Moore ones. They yep. became a bit too similar. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I still I rate him as a Bond, absolutely do. But the first one I thought was the best for him. Yep. It was actually the first original Bond movie not based on an Ian Fleming novel. Oh, right. And it was the first introduction of CGI, which was done at the start of the film when they did the gun barrel scene. So apparently right. that's the first time that any Bond movie used any CGI. Yep. Um, so that's my number five. Fantastic, mate. That's great. Uh, we're 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 on the we're on the right track here, the two of us so far. We've got some similarities. I won't go into too much, but mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, there's a similarity with number five because my number five is the spy who loved me. There you go, Roger Moore. I'm surprised that made it in your six. I didn't think you'd have any Roger Moore films in there. No, but, no, hey. no. I've, same as you. I've got the one. Okay. Um, and I love the fact that it had Jaws in it. I do love Jaws as a oh, character. Oh, yeah. He's in, yeah. in Moonraker as well, I think. He is, but, yeah. And I think yeah. he, he meets his demise in The Spy Who Loved Me, doesn't he, out of a train window? Oh. I think he gets kicked out of a train window. He, he gets okay. – a lot of the film, I think, is – the, the latter part of the film is is filmed on a train and I think um, Bond's got some sort of taser or whatever and <laughs> puts it into the metal teeth of Jaws. And then kicks him out of a train, smashes him out the window, and he goes flying down. Getting the hill. kicked out of a train is is a, is a pretty regular way to go out in a Bond movie. It's, it happened to David Bautista in um, Inspector as well. So, and then maybe that could be why they've they've done that because both of them are the big heavyweight goons. Yep, 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 yep. Um, yeah. So I th- and also it had a lot of skiing in it. 
I liked the skiing yes, scene. There I was love lots the of skiing bits. Lots of yeah. great chases on the snowfields. And the, Roger Moore, there was a scene where he he's skiing and then he turns around and starts skiing backwards and starts shooting at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta admit, the skiing part of it was was uh, for me was another reason why I made it in there. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. All right, so my my number four is another first. Mm-hmm. It is the original Doctor No. Oh, wow. Okay. So right. I don't know, in, in some circles, Doctor No's in people's top five, top six, and some it doesn't make it in there. Mm. I think for, for me, it was an entertaining movie. It was pretty eerie. I liked the way it was, it was, it was done, but it's the original. Like the original for me always has to make it in there. It's the first, the first go at it. Um, Sean Connery is creating the character for the very first time and everyone's working off the back of his creation. You know yeah. what I mean? So yep. Yep. for me, it made he set it the tone. He set the tone set the for tone what the really character well. should be, yeah. And I think a lot of what people have done since, there's still parts of what Sean did in, in, their, in their portrayal. Absolutely. Uh, and, and the actual Dr. No character um, was a really creepy mm. one with those mm. weird long arms, fake arms. And, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It's, I mean, it's, it introduced it, the world to Bond. I, I toyed with it. I, it I, I toyed with it. It didn't, I'm going to tell you, it didn't make my top six, but I, I did flirt with it for a little while. Okay. All right. It was close. Know. It was very close. Your number four? All right. Yes. My number four. Uh, very similar period, my number four. And this was the one that I actually mm-hmm. watched the other night. Remember, we were texting each other uh, yeah. as we do every night. Thunderball. Ooh. Mm, Thunderball. Big, big fan of Thunderball. Big fan of Thunderball. Love Thunderball. Yep. Um, I just, I, I don't know what it is about it. I just, I think it's the underwater stuff. I like underwater stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's, the, it's also the first time that you, I think you see um, the Doctor Evil, uh, not Doctor Evil. That's yes. Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of that bad guy's name right now. But number one. The, mo- the monocle, number one. Number dude. one. That's I right. think it's the first time you see him in a Bond movie is Thunderball. I could be wrong. See, once again, I'm going to be pissing off Bond fans here. But I, I think you, until until then, I think you pretty much, he's just stroking a cat and you can see his ants. You don't actually see him until... Well, until no, you, no, you don't see him. You don't see him in Thunderball? No, 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 you don't see him in Thunderball. No, okay. I, I watched All it the right. other night. You don't see him. So so you won't... So angry fans, you can hold off. You can stop. <laughs> they were typing. Because one of us knew They're mid-typing right now. They can they can start <laughs> pressing backspace back 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 just get rid of that text because we could confirm that number one was not seen but number two was and he was obviously uh, taken Ooh, off. Who is number Powers. two? That's right. For. <laughs> That's right. With the eye patch and everything. So I love oh, I right. love that okay. part of it. Yeah. Um, and I do love the fact that number one is sitting there um, stroking a cat, <laughs> uh, which is which is fantastic. Um, another thing that I love about it is um, the it's the last time that we see the Aston Martin DB5, the DB5, the most famous wow. Bond car. That's the wow. last time we see it until, do you know when we see it again? Spectre? No, Skyfall. 1995 Goldeneye. Oh, it comes back in Goldeneye. It comes back well in Goldeneye, that. yes, that's right. So we go about 30 years uh, before we see the DB5 again. So that's the last one we see it in is Thunderball. Um, and, I mean, it's just got it's just got so much going on to it. He shoots a guy with a spear gun. 
into a tree and it sticks the guy to the tree and then he goes, <laughs> I, and then his line is, I think he got the point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's better than Arnie's one. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's, it, it reminded me of a lot of Arnie's a lot of Arnie's uh, final well, lines when he kills someone. Um, yeah. A quarter of the movie was actually filmed underwater. Wow. There's also a huge fight with a bloke in drag at the start, <laughs> and he ends up escaping the the guys in a jetpack. I mean, it just it has it has everything. All right, I'm going back and watching that one. Go go and watch Thunderball. Do yourself a favor. My favorite quote and my favorite scene, and this is a little bit sexist. And you're right; those were a little bit sexist at the time. But this was quite mm-hmm. funny. I thought um, he one of the girls is in the in the bath, and he strolls into the bathroom, um, and she says, <laughs> "Since you're here, would you mind giving me something to put on?" And he stands up and hands her a pair of shoes. Mm. It's, <laughs> That's good. And then sits, down, sits down in the chair next to the bath. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, Classic it's, a, Bond line. it's a good one. So check out Thunderball. Check out Thunderball. All right, I'm going back and watching that. Yep. So my number three is the one that uh, preceded Thunderball, Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Goldfinger is hands down the most successful of the Bond movies in terms of um, box office. So mm. it made it cost three million to make, yep, and made fifty million dollars. So it's literally fifth, you know, more than fifteen times its budget. To yep. give you an idea, with inflation, it's um, you know it, it, it smashes some of the more recent Bond movies. Yep. For example, Spectre cost three hundred million to make and made eight hundred eighty-eight. Uh, million, so yeah, tripled. Still yep. did well. Yeah. Um, Skyfall cost three hundred million, or sorry, two hundred million to make, mm-hmm. and made over a billion. So that that's in dollars. That's the biggest Bond movie so far, Skyfall. Yeah. Yeah. But that's yep. only five times its production cost, and you know, so so Goldfinger was the most successful movie. For me, Goldfinger is um, the combination of. All of the stuff we love about um, Bond, but yep. it's got a bit more action in it. I think they introduced Pussy Galores in it. Yep. Um, I think the that infamous. was the first the first movie where they started to toy around with those names a bit. And it, but it also had um, it's the famous line um, when the laser is pointed up to his yes region. Um, Do you intend for me to talk? No, Mister Bond. I intend for you to die. <laughs> Um, that, that's Goldfinger talking there. So, like, it's got all the classic lines in it. It's got really good action sequences in it. Yeah. For its time, I reckon it would have been a, a massive movie. So, for me, number three, Goldfinger. And does that scene uh, remind you of a Simpsons episode with? Uh, remember when the Simpsons move and there's a ha- there's a Hank Scorpio. Oh yes. That exact same scene is in that Simpsons episode, and I just yeah. it always reminds me of that. It's great. Um, so all right, it's, it's so such a stereotypical yes part out of where you've got those scenes that everyone knows, then you know it's a, it's a classic Bond. Exactly, exactly. Um, and all right, my number three is, and you mentioned this in your in your little piece about uh, Goldfinger, Skyfall. Mm, okay. Mm. Yep. Skyfall. I thought it was very dark. I thought it was. Uh, I, I just. I something about it. I just really, really liked. There was a bit of homage to some of the other other films. Um, I love the music behind it. A lot of the music was also harked back to some of the older films um, and some of the John Barry um, scores that we'll talk about when we go through the songs. Uh, and yeah, so I just and obviously 
spoiler alert if you haven't seen it m dying is obviously mm-hmm. a big a big part of that which uh which is an interesting interesting twist in the in the franchise but yeah yeah, yeah. No, i i really enjoyed that one i think that was that was probably the best one in my opinion of the of the daniel craig films and of the 21st century no fair enough yep my number two Casino Royale, which you've already mentioned. Yes, yep, yep, yep. Very good. Um, so yep. the first one of of Daniel Craig. I won't mm. go into too much detail because you've already talked about it. But yep, um, yeah. For me, the re- it was the resurgence of Bond, having had a bit of a quiet time after Brosnan finished up. And when I went to the movies and watched it, I was like, "Wow, okay." They've taken this in a way like a totally different direction with relation to the character. Character is yep. way more intense. Yep. Bit, bit more similar to, um, or a bit uh, more um, like your Timothy Dalton, yep, um, type character. So yeah, uh, for me, bit more dark, number two, bit yeah, darker, bit, darker. Bit, more, bit more emotional. Yep, yep. Um, now, do you think? I wonder. Casino Royale for both of us has hit hit our top six. Do mm. you think the reason for that is because it was directly following uh, Die Another Day? <laughs> And what and the fact that that was so bad, it was one of the the worst ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. I like it, it sort of the, the Bond movies had gone a bit smelly. Yes, yeah. And so the Casino Royale was a big uh, resurgence. Yep, for me. Yep, yep. No, I like that. Um, my number two is, as you said, the quintessential Bond film, which is Goldfinger. Goldfinger, and I love Odd Job. How good's Odd Job? Oh, Odd Job. Oh, that hat of his. He doesn't speak a word and he can cut your head off with his hat. <laughs> or crush a golf ball. I love it. <laughs> and that's another part of that movie um, that I liked was the golf scene. I really got into those the golf scene where he was yeah. playing golf against him. Well, you just love golf. I just love golf. Why yep. don't we all? Yep. Um, um, all right. Number one, drum here we roll. Go. Yeah, we need some sort of drum roll. I might have to put a, a drum roll into this. Uh, Please insert a drum let's roll. Hear it, let's hear what you're, what you're going Skyfall. to say. Skyfall. I mean, because oh. I, I, yeah, I haven't mentioned it yet, so mm-hmm. you might have predicted it was coming. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, look for me, Skyfall has it all. <clears throat> you know, more of an emotional, um, you know, bond. It sort of accelerates the pace. You can, yep. you can feel something's happening. There's yep. tension in that movie all the way through the through it. Yep. You know, it's building to something. The villain is brilliant. <sighs> Like yeah. He does that role so one well. Of, one of the best, for sure. He's just scary in, for so many different in so many different ways. The way yep. he portrays that character, and when he takes his fucking mouth out and his teeth, yep, and his whole face um, implodes. Uh, yeah, for me, Skyfall has it all. Amazing. Yep. No, definitely. Well, it's in our top three. It's in both of our top threes, definitely. It's definitely one of the best ever, for sure. Um, all right, my number one, we'll get the drum roll going again. And my number one is, this well, This won't be any surprise to you, you mentioned it earlier, Goldeneye. And <laughs> it's going, love I, I knew love that. Goldeneye. Absolutely <laughs> love Goldeneye. And so we've got that, a lot of similar ones in we, our top six. The only two, well, the only difference we had was I had Thunderball, you had Dr. No. That's the only difference. Mm. Well, there you go. So I think we are certainly on the on the same page. The listeners may give us a little bit more of their opinion, but maybe we uh, I don't know what how we uh, what we did to either fulfil 
their thoughts or or maybe go against everything they've ever thought in their lives. <laughs> Uh, but there you go. Very similar. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. We, a lot of the time we mm. don't like the same movies. The perfect example is the other guys. Um, <laughs> I've come around to that. So don't you've worry. come around, yeah. But, uh, but a lot of the time there are some movies that I really love that you don't enjoy. Uh, so the fact that we've got so many, many similar is, is actually quite a heartwarming uh, story for, the, for this time that we're living in right now during a pandemic. And the fact that you've got Thunderball instead of Doctor No means we've got the exact same um, amount of Bond movies from each Bond uh, actor. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, that's we've right. We've got um, two with Craig. Yep. Two with Connery. Yep. <clears throat> one with Brosnan and one with Moore. I think that's pretty fair. That's good. I think that's good. I think that I think that ratio. I think that that pie chart. Mm. If you split that into a pie chart, I think that's. <laughs> I think that's, that's how. I think that's a pretty fair representation of of the entire Bond collection. But if you're a listener and you disagree, make sure you tweet us at Soundtrack Guys on Twitter, or send us an email at SoundtrackPod at gmail dot com. Um, mm. Now, Golden, now why do I love Goldeneye so much? Do you know that? And and our listeners would probably be thinking this now. I don't know how because, old it, because of the video are. game that accompanied yes, it. Exactly. Yes, exactly, exactly. The Goldeneye video game was incredible, and when you were it able was for to, its time. I'm, everyone was onto that. Everyone loved it. It was huge. even your sister and your cousin that didn't play video games yep. played Goldeneye. <laughs> yeah, and when and when you were able to, you know, you were able to go into the dam and into the facility, and in, when you know and into the communications tower and you got to play all of those scenes from the movie um, and have the dialogue from the characters and the villains and the people. It was just that that game combined with the, the movie was just an absolute bond ma- marriage in heaven for me. I, lo- I just loved that whole, that whole thing. And I, lo- I, I really enjoyed the GoldenEye film as well. Um, I liked Pierce Brosnan. I thought he was a, a fantastic bond and the first bond film for him, um, and it came out in 1995, so we were, what, 11 years old, which is perfect. I mean, what 11-year-old kid doesn't like a tank smashing through a brick wall and explosions going off every five seconds? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so GoldenEye and the, and the Nintendo 6, and, of course, video games as an 11-year-old is is the, probably the highest thing on your list. So to combine those two things, together it was just absolute perfection for me so that's why golden i hit my top spot yeah you spot on about the timing it's the most important thing so someone else's top six could have they might scatter one or two of the more recent ones in there but they might be just completely jam-packed with the connery ones if that's mm. you mm. know when they were when they were 15 or 16 or whatever going to the movies for the first time and they're watching dr no yeah from russia with love or your first movies. your first yeah. taste of blonde i i i Envy you if this is the case, but your first taste of Bond could have been, could have been George Lazenby. Absolutely, and you absolutely adore him because that was your first. That, that was he, your first Bond. Was your first love it will impact on your six. So don't. And let's be honest, we all a, love. You can't them. attack people for their Bond movie choices. No, okay, absolutely not. Important absolutely not to to know that. Um, but this is know, a good chance, actually. This mm-hmm. is a good chance because I think the other ones. I mean, ordering your Bonds, I think we're probably going to be very similar with the way that we order our Bonds. Can we? Um, do you want to do the Bonds now? Do you want to do the bonds now? Yeah, let's do the bonds let's do, now. Let's do I don't the think bonds that'll take very long. 
I'm going to surprise you with my yep. bombs a little bit. Let's do that now. And I think what, but what I'm going to ask our listeners to do is, I think because the bonds are going to be similar for most people, but because we're talking about almost 60 years of movies and there are 25 of them, I think um, I want our listeners to tweet us or email us with their top six bond movies. That's what I want you to do. So if you're a listener and you're listening right now, go to Twitter, get on the email um, or go to our Facebook page. I don't know if people can comment on the Facebook page actually. I don't know what they can do. Just go to Twitter at Soundtrack Guys and just tell us your top six bonds and we'd love to hear what people have put in their top six. All right, let's do our – let's order our bonds. All right. Well, unfortunately for the bloke, he only had one bond movie. Now, these these are any of the official bonds. Yep. And we should probably explain what official means. Official means um, Eon Productions, basically. Mm. Um, Broccoli produced, you know, authentic Ian Fleming novel, although one of the Bond movies that Sean Connery was in was not an official one. No. Um, he, actually, he actually came back twice. It's funny, you don't realise that he actually came back twice as Bond. So yep. he, did, he did Doctor No, From Russia With Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice. Then my number six, Lazenby, mm-hmm. makes um, On Your Majesty's Secret Service. Yes. And then he comes back. Sean Connery oh, comes back after Connery. that. Yeah. And was he in his 50s when he came back? No, nah, he, he wasn't. Um, he came back the first time when he was 41. So he, he um, Connery was 32 when he did Dr. No. Yep. Gave it up when he was 40 or something or 41. Came back yep. and did that Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Um, then Roger Moore picked up where he left off with Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. But Moore was 46 when he started, five years older than wow. um, Connery was when he, apparently, inverted commas, finished because he had yeah. come back again. But um, I think at that point, no one thought Connery would come back. But anyway, yeah. Roger Moore then did Live and Let Die, Man with a Golden Gun, Spy Love Me, Moonraker, Your Eyes Only, Octopussy. So he did seven in a row. Wow. And no wonder they all, like, yeah, sort of mould into one movie. No wonder I was I had my eyes um, closed and my mouth open on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's only six because because he, he come he has another one because sorry um, at six in a row. Then Connery comes back when he was fifty two, I think. Wow, and okay. did Never Say Never Again. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Which is yep. which, which is actually, and the reason they called it that is because he said he would never play Bond again, so they played with the, the words. But it's actually the oh, same right. story as Thunderball. It's the same. Um, it's basically Thunderball just done again, <laughs> which is really weird. That is weird. Um, and then Roger Moore came back with a view to a kill, and mm-hmm. he was fifty-seven when he did that. Wow! So fifty-seven-year-old Bond with yeah. a view to a kill. So, so basically, Sean Connery did his five and first, then mm. came back twice with two more Bonds after somebody else had played Bond. Um, and it's funny, Daniel Craig holds himself together pretty well because he's the same age as what Connery was in. Um, for for this latest one, when he came back with Never Say Never Again, oh, so it, is he? Because Craig's like fifty two now. Yeah. Wow, I did not pick. I didn't think he was that old. So yeah, it's mm. funny. Okay, different time so, as well. So your six is Lazenby. Six is Lazenby, unfortunately, because he only had the he only had the one go. But I uh, this is a I'm, sad film. It is a sad film, isn't uh, it? I, His, he gets married. Though. He gets married, yeah. Yeah, and then that's he right. gets shot in the head. At the end, I know. Yeah. But have you but, seen what he says afterwards? I watched the scene of, from this the other day mm-hmm. and it's it's heart-wrenching. She gets shot and then he's like, it's okay. She's everything's, just resting. Everything's fine. She's just having a rest. 
Mm. It was heart wrenching, and now I really so when I when I say my top six and I I go from from um, six to one, I Mm. like all these guys. This is this oh, was a definitely. really hard thing to split any of them. I only put him there at six because he just has one bomb movie. If he'd done three or four, he could have been further up the list. Uh, I really liked him. He was a he was a really physical version of Bond. Okay, but um, he's similar to your Daniel Craig and your um, Timothy Dalton style Bond, where he yeah. was more intense and definitely more into the stunts and stuff. And I think he got chosen because of how good he was with his martial arts and all that sort of stuff. So, yep. Great, he's an awesome Bond, but sadly, only having one of them doesn't, you don't get to see the depth of him. Yep. Um, number five, Roger Moore. Okay, um, okay. Which is, which is very surprising considering I've chosen one of his movies in the top six, but then I choose Timothy Dalton over him. Right. So I put Timothy Dalton number four. Yep. Him number five. Yep. Um, because Timothy, the two movies that he, um, I think Tim Dalton was in uh, made in sort of the late 80s, um, I don't think they competed very well with the other movies at the time. Mm. Um, that they didn't stand up to the awesome stuff that was being churned out. Like you think it was happening in the late eighties. You've got Aliens. You've got Predator. Yeah. Um, you got the original Terminator mm. um, in sort of the mid to late eighties. It, it just it didn't get the rave reviews. However, I thought his portrayal of Bond was really good. He mm. took it in that that direction that I thought it should go. Yeah. It was, um, very, I, it was intense. He, he, yeah. he took it very seriously. You know that he was actually going to play Bond in the, in the, the first um, installment, Dr. No. It's unbelievable. Wow. He would, but he said, but he thought he was too young. He was 25 or something, 26 or maybe even a little bit older than that. But yeah, at the t- he ended up playing the character 25 years later. Oh my God. At the age of, of 40 or whatever. Jeez. Um, 40, 43 or whatever he was. Yeah. So he was he was apparently going to play him in the 60s. Uh, I don't know yeah. whether it was for Dr. No, but it was definitely in the 60s when one he of, one of those 60s bonds. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so um he, he's wow. he's a he's a very he's very much a um a different take on the character, but I just have him pipping Roger Moore, sadly, for Roger. And did I did I read somewhere um that he was he's the bond that's done his most the most of his stunts, or he's done the most stunts of any bond? I don't know. I thought as Daniel Craig as, would have done that. As far as him doing them himself, okay, all right. We might have to look that up. Actually, listeners, get Please. on Twitter and <laughs> find <laughs> us at the at Soundtrack Guys. And Help talk. us do our own job. Yeah, please um, tell us. Please write this podcast. For I would us. say okay. if it's not Tim Dalton, it'd be Daniel Craig. Okay. Um, yep. So number three, Pierce Brosnan. Okay. Um, number two, Daniel Craig, and then I can't go past number one, Sean. Connery. Okay. All right. Oh, All right. Interesting. Well, look, we have some similarities and, of course, we have some differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six is no different, George Lazenby. I didn't uh, – I wasn't sure about uh, – yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think you're right. I think I needed to see probably more of him to, to really get his depth and see if he could grow into the role. So George Lazenby, unfortunately, probably just because he had that one film, um, sits at number six. Number five, I've done the swapsies that you've done. I've got Timothy Dalton at five and I've yeah. got Roger Moore at Roger four. Moore at four. Yep. So I've switched those around. Um, and I've also done the switcheroo for the next two which I know is quite controversial for you, but I've got number three as Daniel Craig, uh, number two as Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Obviously, and we both know, have Connery Brosnan, at number one. And we both have Connery yeah. as well, number one. Your gold and I being your favourite one yep. makes it makes that switch. 
And I know this um, is, might also be controversial, but I really enjoyed Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay. You also like that song. I bet you that's in your top six. Well, we, we, we will get to that. I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> no, I know you love that song. Well, though, look, well, look, look, we don't want to speculate. We do not want to speculate. But, um, <laughs> but, I, but I, yes, I thought I, I actually really enjoyed the movie. So, yeah. And mm. even, you know what? And I'm even going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to offend some more people. And I actually thought that the world is not enough wasn't too bad. Okay. I didn't mind it. I Die need to go back and watch them again. Die Another I, Day was a stinker. But I, the world was not enough. Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm going to go back, as I said, and watch them all in order again, and mm. and I'll reserve my judgment till I do that. Well, after we've done Moulin Rouge and Schindler's List, let's do <laughs> James, the <laughs> James Bond special where we order every single one of the films. Okay, done. Yeah. It'll right, take perfect. us 10 hours. Perfect. Um, um, all right. Now, I just want to cover one more bit of trivia before we crack onto the songs. Yep. Um, this is something that, that I was uh, up last night a ridiculous hour thinking about stupidly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I watched Spectre, which isn't in any one of our top sixes. It's a good one though. It's definitely yeah. a good Bond movie. Not bad. Probably would make my top ten. Okay. Um, and I, I realised as I was watching it that the portrayal of the number one, mm-hmm. um, uh, which was from that oh, the guy from um, Inglorious Bastards. I can't think of his name right now. Really good actor, German actor. Christoph um, Waltz. That's the cookie. Yep. Now, he in the movie, it turns out is Bond's adopted like half-brother. Yeah. And he kills his father because his father liked Bond better or something. And I was thinking, hang on a minute, that that never happened in the earlier portrayals of the same character because obviously that number one character, yeah, um, Dr. Evil style guy, has been in multiple versions of Bond. Yes. He's, and he's been played by different actors as well. Yeah. Um, head of Spectre. Head of Spectre, the, the head honcho dude. Yep. Because all, all roads lead to him. Yep. And in, 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 a, in a bunch of Bond movies, you're leading into that character. You're working through his henchmen until you get to him um, through several of the Sean Connery ones, and then he appears again with Roger Moore. Yep. Um, but it never was – that storyline didn't exist, but, then I, but it was very familiar to me. So I was thinking, why so familiar? It's because – it's the storyline from Austin Powers. <laughs> Remember in Goldmember? <laughs> yes. When we work out that he's the brother, because obviously it's played, they're both played by, right. by Mike Myers. <laughs> That's right. So, so it works out, they work out that they're his brother and, and there's that whole thing like, Daddy, <laughs> Daddy didn't love me. Daddy, Daddy loved me more. Daddy didn't love me. Daddy didn't turn up to his, his um, ceremonial whatever yep. finish to winning his, uh, to becoming a spy or whatever Wow. It was. Wow. And then I went online looking at it. I said, this can't be right. Yep. Like Austin Powers has not impacted on the way Bond is being represented. But there was articles on about it, like people writing, did you notice? Wow. It was genuinely the first time that that ever, that storyline about the, the background of, doc, of that. Um, of a, of, of that, the spy. Uh, Dr. Evil type character. Yeah. Or, the, or the villain, yeah. Um was uh, you know his brother like it, it's, it's wow. hilarious that that's they've, so they've cool taken that from Austin Powers and now they may not have done that deliberately but how could you not like how could you not realize that yeah during definitely. the course of writing it you would have gone hang on a minute yeah this yeah. is from gold this is from gold member definitely surely <laughs> surely there was someone in that writing room that had seen gold member yeah 
So anyway, I just want to, I know that we've been writing for for hours and hours on end. I just want to bring something to your attention. (laughs) I want to bring something up. Maybe there's like a number one type character that's sitting at the the head of the, uh, the writing table that they're a bit too scared to, to actually talk to. Like, (laughs) like, like the scene in Austin Powers, which I found when I watched, when I watched Thunderball again the other night is the exact same scene when they're all sitting with those chairs, you know, they're the city with the chairs kind of on either side of the table and they all have to report back and then he ends up pressing a button, number one presses a button and the chair just kind of falls out. drops down and then, which is exactly mm. what happens in Thunderball and in Austin Powers. So maybe that, that was the writing room for, for Spectre, we don't know. So choosing the top six Bond songs was extremely difficult, like mm-hmm. it was choosing the top six Bond movies. Yep. Uh, and there's going to be a whole stack of honourable mentions. Yep. Um I'm going to go through my honorable mentions quickly first. So these didn't make my top six. You know my name. Chris Cornell. Cornell. The world is not enough. Garbage. The world is not enough. But it is such a perfect place to start my love. A view to a kill, Duran Duran. These are all great Bond songs, but none of them made my six, but I had to mention them because I thought they were quintessential Bond songs. Okay. Um, Good. Yep. So my six is You Only Live Twice. You only live twice or so it seems One life for yourself and one Nancy Sinatra um, and performed it. It's been re-performed by Coldplay. Robbie Williams used it for his, you know that um, Millennium track? The opening to the song uh, is you hear it, you just hear Bond. So trust me when you you hear that song. When you hear the the first few bars of the, the music, Mm-hmm. You're taken to a Bond movie. Yep. Um, the song doesn't isn't cracking throughout. It does get a bit boring, but I think just purely for the the way the the, the song starts and how it is aligned to Bond is what I love about it. So that's my yep. number six. Number five is not uh, unusual in my in my uh, in my top six. It's not the title of a Bond movie. So all the others are. Yep. Um, we have all the time in the world. Okay. Louis Armstrong. We have all the time in the world. Time enough for life to unfold all the precious things. Love has in store. Apparently, John Barry, who you've mentioned before, 
um, who's composed most of the, the Bond songs and all that sort of stuff, said it was the best Bond song um, he, 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 in his opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, working with Louis Armstrong was an amazing experience for him. Yep. Um, you've mentioned the scene already that it's from. It's from the scene where Bond's wife's dying and Bond basically says to her, he says, oh, she's just resting and she says, he says to her, we have all the time in the world. Wow. Uh, I think the plan was for them to obviously spend all this time together and for Bond to give up the spy work and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, um, very emotional scene. So yeah. I, I think that connection to that scene, the fact that it's Louis Armstrong, yeah, number five. You're a you're a romantic guy, aren't you, Mick? To my core, you have to get through some <laughs> exterior, but once you get there, it's a good place to be. <laughs> it's warm. It's warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Number four, the living daylights. by Norwegian pop group AHA, who you better know for um, Take On Me. This song went number five in the UK, number one in Norway. Yep. Um, Number one in Norway? No way. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, for me, um, I don't know. How I got to my six actually was I went onto Spotify, where you can hear our podcast also, and um, I – there's a Bond songs, top Bond songs, and I just listened to the songs, and there's about thirty of them on there. And I, this one just kept staying in my head. Yep. Okay. You the pacing of it. the song, that's I kept fine. coming back, going, "That's a great song. It's um, a good track. It's a good '80s track." You'll love number three. Okay. Golden Eye. It was a huge hit in Hungary, um, <laughs> Austria, Finland. Um, but so, yeah, didn't get all the accolades. <laughs> a huge hit in Hungary. <laughs> it didn't get all the accolades. At the first, the, first, the other two songs I'm going to mention, my, my one and two, get lots of accolades, etc. But once again, I hear this song. It's also the timing of the song. You know, you mentioned that when Gold and I came out, you were 11 years old. You had the game. I'm in the same boat. Like, you know, for me... It was um, watching Pierce Brosnan in Goldeneye was was an awesome moment. Obviously, Goldeneye was in my top six. I played yep. the game. Yep. This song reminds me of that movie, brings me to that moment again. Yeah, cool. Um, plus, it's Tina Turner. We all love yep. Tina Turner. We love Tina. You know, from mid-80s to mid-90s, Tina Turner was the girl for soundtracks for NRL, yep. Yep. Bond movies, everything. Yep. Number two, 
Skyfall. Oh, okay. You that, can't go that past That surprises Skyfall. me. That it, surprises it, it, me. Yeah, I know. And and it's not like the others. Like the other songs in here are either a bit older or classic songs or, you know, a bit, a bit, um, a bit jazzy or this one's yep. just like it's, it's almost like the quintessential power okay. um, song. It, it, it won Academy Award for best um, for the best original song. It won best original song Brit Awards. It just won all this stuff. Yep. And I couldn't go past it. And okay. I'm not a I wouldn't say I'm an Adele fan, but she she rocked in this song. Okay. Um went number one in eleven countries. Wow. Uh, and once again, when you hear it, you think of Daniel Craig and Bond. That's how I really tried to line up my six. How much okay. does it bring me to the movie and, to the, and bring, align yeah. with the Bond yeah, Bond yep. films. Yep. Number one, and probably a lot of people's number one. So this is this is pretty stock, it's not um, controversial. Okay. Live and let die. Oh, okay. Performed by Wings, written by Paul McCartney. When you were young and your heart was an open book, you used to say, live and let live. You know you did, you know you did, you know you did. But if this ever changing world in which we live in, Makes you give in and cry Say live and let die It was the most successful um, Bond song the point when it came out mm-hmm. um nominated for academy award for best song but it actually lost to barbara streisand's the way we were oh um, right funnily enough um but yeah covered by guns and roses which not a bad version as well um, yeah good from the 90s but yeah like whenever you hear that song i, I challenge you not to pump the radio mm-hmm uh, you know, if you're driving along. Yep. And for that moment, you're in an Aston Martin. Yep. Driving down a, you know, one of those um, steep mountains on those curvy roads. Yep. You are James Bond for that moment. Okay. Wow. There's my six. Mates, mates, a very good six, a good six, an overall good six, an interesting six. Thank you. And I, uh, I don't know if you and I are going to actually – <laughs> get past. Are we still this. going to be friends after this? Oh, I'm not sure because the, this is interesting. <laughs> this is As very- any of my six in your six. Answer me that riddle. Uh, I have two. Okay, that's not so bad. I have two. Yeah, I've me with it. All right. Well, my number six is, and you've already said this one, Goldeneye. The golden, golden eye. And it was actually written by Bono and the Edge from U2. Wow. Did not know that. I thought Tina was in there scribbling away with that one, but no. Okay. So there you go. So Golden Eye. So um, my number five, and this is where you'll realise that one of your favourites is not in my top six because I told you that only Mm -hmm. two of of your top six are in mine. Mm -hmm. Number five is Skyfall. 
Okay. So that so you, Paul's not going to be happy with you. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, the, the cogs are ticking over. We'll talk about it in a, in a moment. Um, <laughs> as you said with Skyfall, it's the first Bond theme to win an Oscar. And Daniel Craig actually cried when he first heard it. Wow. What a man. What a well-rounded individual. He's a very emotional man, and I think we, we could all learn a lot from him, actually, in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Um, now, look, if I'm honest, though, I, I don't know. I think it, it, it could have been higher on my list, but it just didn't go to the heights that I wanted it to, Skyfall. It, can, it kind of kept mm. going in the same thing. Skyfall. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of it just keeps should doing we, that. And it doesn't should we really, dial in Adele now and have a chat with her about <laughs> it that? Just doesn't, it just doesn't hit the heights that I that I wanted it to. So um, okay. So I, I feel when you hear the words Skyfall and Adele and Bond, you just think, well, Adele and Bond, you, you, you hear those two words and you think this is They just go gold. well together. This is gold. Yeah. This is going to be mm. an absolute winner. Cracker. I just don't, it just, it could have been a lot higher on my list, but it just, I don't think it went exactly where I wanted it to. But anyway, it's, it's in there. It's in the top okay. six. Fair enough. Uh, number four is one of your honourable mentions, and it is mm-hmm. Licence to Kill. Got a licence to kill. Gladys Knights. Um, and Often referenced by cricket players when they go out to bat um, if they've um, been given the permission by their captain to hit the ball ah, over the infield. Okay. And they, they get told that they have a licence to thrill. <laughs> <laughs> and they play the song, I assume. And then they're typically out first ball. Yeah. <laughs> and they come like, back into the dressing shed saying, well, I had a licence to thrill. Like- <laughs> <laughs> and I thrilled, and I thrilled the opposing I thrilled team's fans. I thrilled the opposing team's fans. Um, but that it reminds me of the, our grand final uh, win when when you and I had actually, well, you and I had got us into the finals with our mm. um, with our not out partnership, our display of courage. But uh, <laughs> but it reminds me of the final when I was uh, bowled first ball. I thought. It, I don't think I batted in the semi-final. I'd, we had come, we'd got ourselves into the final, and I was uh, on a high. And you, well, you you were used to batting and doing great things. I wasn't, so I was on a huge high. Didn't get to bat in the semi. I was batting too far down the order. Didn't get to bat in the semi-final. Got to bat in the final, um, and got bowled first ball. <laughs> I actually remember that because I thought we were going to do the same thing again. Together. Yeah, I know. After being told by Mick Bailey, our captain, that I had a license to thrill. <laughs> oh, okay, so you you know that term just as well as I do. I do, I do. Um, now the Gladys, but the Gladys Knight song, she nailed this one, didn't she? She was. I, I, I'm oh. surprised it's not in your top. I thought it would be, when when I would put this in my top six, I thought there is no you way. You thought for sure yeah. it's going to be in my I top six. No and way. It, it made an honourable mention. It's in my top ten. But damn, it's just so hard to squeeze in the top six. Can I? They're all good songs. I'm sorry. Now, do you want me to tell you something that you're never going to be able to unhear? Yes, please. Be careful with this because you won't be able to hear it any differently. Um, mm-hmm. 
Gladys Knight was very uncomfortable with the violent imagery of the song and she didn't like the idea of singing Kill. So what's she singing? So if, you, if you actually listen, and I, and I did listen to this the other night and it's true, if you listen carefully, you'll hear that every time the chorus comes around and she's supposed to deliver the line, got a license to kill, she actually sings kit or kin to avoid articulating the word kill. <laughs> You're kidding. And they still gave her the job. Yeah, but, and you wouldn't, I would never have thought it when I first heard the song. You just, because you know the song's called License to Kill. She's about to sing License to Kill. Your brain just, it's one, Mm. it must be one of these brain games kind of things. Your mind just goes, it's going to be kill. But when you actually listen to the song, go and listen to the song after this. I will. When you actually hear the song, she does not say kill. That goes to show if you're talented, you can just get any job yep. and just demand stuff. Yep. I'm not going to say the word kill. Okay, Gladys. <laughs> no problem. I, we can work around that. I will have a track called License to Kill to my name forever, but I will definitely not sing. The I word will not kill. be voicing the word kill. Yep. And I'm happy to. No issues. We can do that. I don't like <laughs> violence, but I'm happy to forever in my career be associated with a movie that is completely action. And completely full of <laughs> men being killed. Anyway, um, so number three is, and I'm surprised this isn't in your top three because I know you do, yeah. in your top six. Sorry, because I know that you do love the quintessential Bond feel, and that is Goldfinger from Shirley Bassey. So Goldfinger and Moonraker, mm. I don't know whether you have Moonraker in your six, but I, I certainly thought about them. Yep. But but I like I told you, my process was to listen to these songs multiple times on Spotify over the last couple of weeks. Yep. And they, they got boring for me. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm sorry. All right. I'm no, sorry, no. Listen to it on repeat. Please don't apologize. Please. Please. This is the beauty of the, this is the beauty of the James. <laughs> now Bond it's session. starting. We're, we're we're starting to argue. The cracks are showing. The cracks are showing. It's happening. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Shirley Bassey. Now John Barry composed it, as we know. We love John Barry. He wrote many of the the Bond songs. Um, now he worked long into the night on the music, actually. And according to an article in the London Times, the next morning over breakfast, he played the opening three notes to his flatmate at the time, Michael Caine. (laughs) (laughs) Who should have probably played Bond at some point. (laughs) And you know what the actor said to him, bluntly? I don't like it. No, he said, Ishmoon River. (laughs) (laughs) You've done that well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So uh, after that, apparently, Barry, uh, John Barry swiftly added a three-note brass line to disguise the similarity between the two songs. So there you go. Michael, As you do. Michael Caine had a hand in that one. Um, now, number two. Oh, I'm scared. Uh-oh. I'm scared of my number one. My number two and my number one didn't feature in your six or your honourable mentions. 
Good grief. What direction have you gone? I don't know. Well, I know. I know the direction that I like and I'm happy to stand by it. <laughs> oh, your um, direction is, but, no, no, no. is heading more towards Pierce Brosnan territory. Well, I hold think. on, hold on, hold on. Um, but <laughs> so I, I don't know how this is going to be taken and the fans may just switch off and compl- and unsubscribe from our podcast. But, well, I don't think so. I, I don't think Please so. Please don't. I don't think so. Number two for me is mm-hmm. the writings on the wall, Sam Smith. I absolutely love it. Spectre is not one of my top six movies, but Sam, I, I, there's something about Sam Smith's voice. I don't know. I feel like he just he encapsulated the the Bond feel, you the know, Bond the, feeling the new at the era, time. the new era of, era of Daniel Craig, the emotional, mm. you know, uh, flawed, gritty kind of Daniel Craig that we know and love. I think that mm. that I think. I think Sam Smith encapsulated that with with writings on the wall, and it's got the big, big brass feel, and it's got the strings, and it's just, I don't know, it it, it built it built to mm. the point where I wanted Adele to go, but she didn't, and Sam Smith just it took it took me and took it there. Say say what you will about my lifestyle, if if Adele <laughs> didn't take me there, but Sam Smith did, but. <laughs> Um, Sam Sam Smith took over from where Adele kind of left off, and he just took it to a different place and took it higher. Exactly, exactly. Sam um, Adele started me off. Sam finished me off. Um, <laughs> now, is that the first one of your six that isn't also the title of a Bond movie, or have I, did I miss? Did I? Um... Uh, no. Yep, you're right. Absolutely, that's the first one. So we've both got one in our top six that isn't the title right. of the film. So, you're so number one. Yeah. yeah okay. So my number one. Tomorrow Never Dies by Cheryl Crow.
And did I not mention that that would be <laughs> you did. your number one? <laughs> you did. You know me too well. You know Tomorrow me too well. Tomorrow never dies. She did a good version of that. That, that was good. That's yeah. a good song. I, I completely I understand 100% your top six. Okay. I respect your six. Yep, I respect your six too. And I think what this proves mm. is what we always knew it would prove, Yep, which is that Bond songs are awesome. Absolutely. Look at all the artists that, that feature in our top, well, 12 plus four honourable mentions, 16 yep. songs. Yep. We're throwing out some pretty big artists here. We certainly are. Um, and I think that's the beauty of the Bond. I think you. I think it's the same as the film. Our, our films were, were more similar than our, our songs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, I don't know, it's about the time that you lived in. It's the, it's the Bond that you grew up with. It's the Bond that you're really attached to. It's the... Um, it's it's the feel of Bond. How does Bond speak to you? What part of of the role actually speaks to you? And and that part of the music, I think, will speak to you as well. So that's probably where my my top six came for, came from. But I think there, there's a lot of similarities in in what we actually want from a Bond Bond song. And I think that most mm. of the Bond songs kind of have that same feel. You want that. You want it to be attached to what the movie is, but you also yeah. want to have that kind of espionage, that big. Some of them you want that big brass feel and some of them you just want that kind of, I don't know, it, it's it's all the emo- Bond has every single emotion under the sun that we've all felt and I think that put all the songs together um, and they are going to tap into every single possible emotion that you, you feel when watching Bond. I implore you to go and on the Spotify and listen to Best Bond Songs, I think it's called. Yep. Or Bond Radio, whatever the hell you can find. Or actually, if you're on um, Apple Music, which is also where our podcast is found, there's a playlist called James Bond Essentials, which also has all of the Bond songs on it. Beautiful. Yep. Now, we're all, well, well, most people are indoors at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put on your Bond songs, whether you're doing some work or you're doing some hobbies or whatever it might be. And come back and you tell me that you didn't just have a great experience listening to all those songs again. You will <laughs> not be disappointed. And, yeah, I, I also challenge you to put a top six together because yeah. it's very hard. It's very difficult. Listen to those songs. I, I agree with Mick. Listen to those songs. Go back, have a think, and on Twitter at Soundtrack Guys, tell us your top six as well. We'd love to hear some or, or on Facebook or email, tell us your top six. It's it's not easy. There are some good songs, and it also depends. I mean, not only depends on the vibe and the feel of the movie and the era and, you know, whatever you're attached to, but it also depends on your musical tastes. Mm, musical taste, exactly, your general taste. Yeah. Um, oh, geez, so that was tiring, mate, getting it, through all that. It was tiring. And and should we, should we discuss the elephant in the room, which is live and let die? Yeah. Because did you have it in for live and let die? I didn't have it anywhere. You didn't have it nowhere. I'm what gonna, happened? I'm going to make a huge call and I'm going to say I dislike that song. Oh. <laughs> I don't. Look, okay, the, the problem with Live and Let Die for me is that it's, it's, it's lots of songs in one. I oh, but that's what I love. Oh, see, that's what you love and that's what I don't love. Did, Wings did that with that other song too. Um. Band on the Run. Is that Wings? That's Wings, yeah. Yep. It's like four different songs in one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, pick a lane. 
I just, I don't know. Mm. I, I, I do like the, wow. I, I like the, do, do, living there, do, that'd be, do, 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 but then it just goes into, do, 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 do. that's completely different. And my least favorite part of the song is when it then goes into like the reggae kind of part. What it did matter to you? Do, do, do. I just, I don't know. Okay. It was just too over, too all over the shop. I couldn't get into well, it. Well, you got to live and let live, mate. You do. You do. You got to live and let live, not live and let die. Absolutely. So anyway, that's that's just we'll, we'll agree to disagree there. But that's uh, I'm I'm glad that it speaks to you so much, and um and it's like the writing writing's on the wall for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or tomorrow never dies from Cheryl Crow. Uh, now I've got a few other facts here as well that you like. Mm, some final little tidbits for everybody. Yeah, do you want to hear some of these? Hit me, baby. Okay. So in over 50 years of Bond films, there's only been one singer that's ever done a cameo in the actual film. So a singer of the Bond song, yes. only, only, only one of them has actually made it into a film. Do you know who that would be? Sam Smith? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that was it a was joke. Ma- Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) It it was Madonna in the 2002 Die Another Day. She had an extended cameo as a fencing instructor named Verity. And in many ways, she proved the wisdom of keeping the singers out of the film or at least like Sheena Easton for Your Eyes Only. So Sheena Easton sang for Your Eyes Only and she was tucked away in the title sequence. Um, but not only was Madonna's song controversial, the film itself was generally hated. So <laughs> this is what I'm saying, die another day. And then we had, I think this oh, yeah. may be a big reason why Casino Royale is in our top six because this was the last film, die another day was the last film that we saw before Daniel Craig took over. So no surprise that we enjoyed it much, much more. Um, uh, in fact, many fans claim that, the film Dying of the Day had a pretty good start, but the movie goes totally off the rails just about the same time that Madonna shows up. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so not a good idea. Don't do that again. And since then, obviously, none of the performers have actually appeared in any of the films. So there you go. Um, another, another interesting one. Weird Al Yankovic created a parody of your number one, Live and Let Die, and it's called Chicken Pot Pie. <laughs> <laughs> can you actually go on YouTube and, and find that? Yeah, you can find that. And Paul McCartney supposedly asked for this parody himself and he gave oh. Weird Al permission to use the same tune. Chicken pot pie. <laughs> do, do. So check yeah, that out. I can listeners. see why that would work. Yeah. yeah, it would work very well. And speaking of that same song, it's actually the only Bond song that features a kazoo. What this the hell is, is like, a kazoo? Yeah, it's, it's that little the thing, you know, you blow into a little plastic instrument oh right okay mm. it's like a kind of thing fair enough well not fair enough like what this is another reason why anyway, don't don't <laughs> worry. Um, let's not get into it let's i'm, not trying, get into I'm it trying to just i'm trying to quickly move trying beyond to, the kazoo yeah thing. i know you are i know you are because <laughs> i'm regretting um, my number one no, no 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 stop this is not what i wanted this is you have your top six and you stick with it and this is great this is okay. uh, this is the beauty of the world we all have our lane all right um now, AHA, you mentioned AHA. Were AHA in your top six? They were. Oh, yeah, of course they yeah. were. Yep. They sang the title song for The Living Daylights with Tim Dalton. Dalton classic. Right. Timothy Dalton, Dalton classic. Um, and now they made an impact on the Bonds films in mm-hmm. another way. Now, John Barry we've spoken about. 
he he wrote 11 James Bond songs, okay, and many of the orchestral scores. So a lot of the old ones from Russia with Love, you know, Goldfinger, all of those amazing quintessential Bond scores that we know, mm, mm. John Barry was the man behind them. And he did that over a span of 33 years. Sure. And then came AHA. Now the producers uh-huh. wanted something, well, yes, the producers wanted something a bit different, so they settled on the Norwegian act AHA. Now Barry, who was in his mid-50s by then, he found the experience working with the Scandinavian 20-somethings so frustrating <laughs> that, he, that he actually decided to depart the entire franchise. Oh, no. So AHA <laughs> got rid of Barry. Yep. What? Yep. And they made it in my top six. If I'd known that, I might have recalled that. <laughs> well, that's earlier? okay. No, that's okay. I know, I know. I've come in too late. It's it's okay. It, you, mm. We were to judge the songs on their merit and that True. made your top six and it's not a bad song. Let, let's be honest. It's a great song, Living Daylights. It's got a good feel. Um, now, Tom Jones, he wasn't in our oh, top he, Yes, that's right. He sang Thunderball and he held the final syllable of that song, Thunderball. He, he held the final syllable so long that he actually passed out in the recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> that is commitment to the cause. Real commitment. Now, Shirley Bassey probably could give him a bit of shit for that because she had to hold the word gold just as long, the exact amount of time, at the end of Goldfinger. Um, so I don't know if she's given him a bit of, bit of slack after that, a bit, <laughs> bit of, of stick, bit of stick after that. But anyway, she probably, probably could have, cause she, she was fine. Um, now also, I think one of your, was one of your honorable mentions, um, a view to a kill. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, Duran as legend, Duran. yep. And as legend has it, the bassist of Duran Duran, John Taylor drunkenly approached, uh, Albert Broccoli at a party. <laughs> and asked him when he was going to get someone decent to do a 007 movie theme. <laughs> yeah. And that got them the job. Oh, wow. Kill. Bit of and it actually, That's right. And it actually scored their, their second number one hit and the only US number one hit for any Bond song in history. Wow. That's, that's called backing yourself. It really is. Now, there are two Bond songs. We, you talked about some number ones in other countries. There are only two Bond songs. So that's the only Bond song that's hit number one in the US. There are two that have hit number one in the UK. Do you know what they are? Mm, Skyfall. I knew you would say that, and a lot of people do, but no, it actually didn't hit number one in the UK. Mm. It made it to number two. Okay. Um, no, I don't know. Writings on the Wall. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and... The most recent one, No Time to Die by Billie Eilish. Wow, that's already made it to number one. Yeah, which has already been released. But the movie certainly must be, is going to be delayed, surely. Yes, yeah, I think so. Do we know the new release date for the film? It's good. Oh, they probably don't even have released that yet. When, when will no. they do that? You know, it's, it's yeah. up in the air. Yeah, I don't know. So that's why um, the songs come first. But normally that doesn't, it doesn't happen like that, does it? It's not normally that early. No, no, I don't think so. I think I think it gets released a few weeks before the movie would come out. Yeah, I don't think maximum. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be a huge, huge difference between the times. Wow. Um, now, do you know also, Mick, that there were some songs that were rejected Bond songs? I found some. Rejected Bond songs? Meaning that they were songs that were written for the movies but they weren't chosen. For the movie. Oh, so I they, did. I did hear about these. Yeah, so they may have had a uh, may have had a few of them in line for it. 
um, or a few artists that they wanted to do and then they chose kind of the one that they wanted to go go with. Um, so one of them was For Your Eyes Only. I'm going to play these for you right now. Uh, for Your Eyes Only by Blondie. Not too good. Can see why it's being rejected. <laughs> the next one is uh, Thunderball. Now, we know we've spoken about Thunderball by Tom Jones. Johnny Cash did a version. Oh, okay. I'll mention to you this one. Yep. They, they almost did a Johnny Cash version of Thunderball. So here we go. Have a listen. It just sounds like a Western too much. That's, yeah. What do you think? Sounds too much like a Western, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, okay, another one is Men with the Golden Gun by Alice Cooper. Whoa. Yep. That's a left field choice. It is. You ready for this? Bring it. So those uh, didn't quite make the cut. Well, there are more. More? <laughs> there are more. Well, actually, there are two more, and they're both for the same movie. So there are two more that are both for the exact same movie, and that is Goldeneye, and we both had Goldeneye in our top six, did yeah. we not? Yes, yep. yes. Um, so the first one is a bit of a – because we're thinking mid-'90s. They love their dance tracks in the mid-'90s. So one of them is Searching for the Golden Eye by Motivate and Kim Mazel. I'm searching for the golden eye, the golden eye. You can't do that to a Bond song. Don't tell me the other one's an Ace of Bass song. Yep. Yeah, the Ace of Base is the other one from GoldenEye. It's called The GoldenEye. So there you go, Mick. The GoldenEye by Ace of Base. And after it was rejected as a Bond song, they changed the name of it to The Juvenile. Mm, okay. Fair enough. So one of the Ace of Base songs that you will see out there now is called The Juvenile, and that, if you ever hear it, was originally P. 
pegged as a as a bond song first, mm. the Golden Eye, which they changed the lyrics. Mate, that's all I've got. Wow, I feel like that was a marathon effort from yeah. us. Um, it was huge. And I, and I, I I just reinforce we don't mean to offend anybody. And if they come up with a whole different top six movies, they order their Bond differently, or they have different Bond songs that they would um, put in their top six or ten or whatever. Please let us know. I, I think it's worth a worth a follow up for sure. Yep. Um, and we'll have to agree to disagree on some of our choices, but. I think it's just how it is with Bond. It is a very personal thing. I think we've actually covered some pretty decent uh, songs here. I think we've we've uncovered some songs that people may not have may have forgotten about from the franchise. I think we've found some older movies that people have not seen for a long time and might want to go back and have a look at. You're going to go and watch Thunderball immediately straight away. That's the first yep. thing I'm going to do right now is watch Thunderball because I didn't watch yep. it when I was doing my research. Yep. Um, and uh, and as you said, I think. Uh, I think it's very important to to get what everyone else thinks about this uh, this franchise and about these films and these songs and and it's very personal thing and I think people should tell us what they what they think and and what they like about the whole the whole uh, series. And we look forward to the day we can all sit in a cinema and watch the next Bond movie, and that could be in six months or twelve months or whatever. But that'll be a that'll be a big moment. Mick, thank you again, mate. Great to catch up with you as always. It was. I think this is good. I, I'm. I'm glad we survived it. To be honest. Absolutely, we came through the other side. Looking forward to the next one. I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. We got there, and I think we've we've done it justice. And I think that uh, that people will be very happy with some of our selections, and we'll be very irate at a lot of them. But uh, we did our best, and we'll see you guys next time on the next instalment of Soundtrack. Soundtrack.